0: Zach Grensky is arguably the most important defenseman on this team, and uh, I thought we should talk about that. So today on Locked on Blue Jackets, we're going to be talking at his season, the career high he had, uh, what he needs to do to take that next step in his development, and uh, most importantly, who's going to be his defensive partner this upcoming season. That's talking about today on Locked on Blue Jackets. Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locked Up Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and also over on YouTube. So uh, we seem to have fixed our technical difficulties from uh, the end of last week and we are back with video, which is uh, super exciting because my hair is no longer doing the weird thing that it was doing on Thursday that I couldn't show you all, but that's... uh, That is Beside the Point. I am your host, Jay Foster, here to bring you news, stories, uh, the good, the bad, everything in between about your favorite team and mine, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Also, apparently, regular updates on uh, my hair, the background that I am recording against, and uh, how hot it is outside. But uh, none of that today. Today we're talking all about Zach Wierenski, uh, who, like I said at the top of the show, probably the most important defenseman. On this team, uh, two years ago, you wouldn't necessarily have said that. You would have said Seth Jones. Uh, this past season for Wrensky, I think has been had been a very important one. Um, I think it gave him a chance to, or the opportunity to stand out and say, "I am Zach Wrensky," instead of "I am one half of Wrensky and Jones." Um, and so, let's talk about how he did because uh, I think he did pretty pretty okay. Uh, First off, just in terms of pure points, he hit a career high in points uh, and a career high in assists. He had 48 points, uh, 11 goals, 37 assists. Uh, Previous highs were um, actually in his rookie season with the Blue Jackets. Uh, 11, 11 goals, 36 assists, 47 points, so one more assist. Uh, but he did that in 10 less games, so uh, that's that's always good. Um, he missed some de- some time, uh, I believe, in the middle of the season. He missed a couple of games, and then also he uh, missed the end of the season due to – he had a hernia surgery or something in that general area, but he missed the last, like, little bit of games, uh, which was a shame, but still managed to hit his career high. Yeah. Um, in terms of how he did without Seth Jones, I think he did pretty well. Um, when you consider he hit that previous career high with a guy like Seth Jones, and this season he spent most of the season with kind of a revolving door of defensemen. They kind of they started off with Adam Boquist. Uh, he played with Jake Bean for a little while. Um, I believe the defenseman he played the most with was Andrew Peak. You'd have to correct me if I'm wrong on that, but that's not that's a you know for all Seth Jones's faults. He's a much better potential partner than Andrew Peak. And that is no shade to Andrew Peak, necessarily. Um, just that they're, they're two very different defensemen. I think it's very um clear that it was not a case of Seth Jones making Werensky look good. I don't think it was a case of Werensky making Seth Jones look good either. I think they both kind of complemented each other. Um, and I think something that we talked about with uh Micah McCurdy at Ineffective Math before the start of the season was this could be something that helps Wierenski get better defensively and helps Jones get better offensively. And I think we saw that from both players this uh, this season because Wierenski has always kind of been that offensive guy. Um, Jones is always kind of the two-way guy, and they seem to have not necessarily flipped those roles, but I thought Wierenski was a lot more defensively responsible this season. Um, and he still managed to keep up that uh, points total again career highs so uh good for good for him um i'm expecting maybe not a huge jump in points next season um but i am expecting him to be to continue taking steps towards being that number one defenseman that he's number one defenseman role that he's kind of stepped into um obviously a lot of that will depend on uh things like if he can stay healthy this season and uh who he plays with Uh, we're going to talk about all those things in a minute um but just to kind of finish up his season, um, I yeah I don't really have any any faults with Zakarenski as a player. Um, I know uh, I talked on the podcast, Twitter. Uh, I asked you know what thoughts on his season, thoughts on what he has to do to take the next step, uh, who's partly going to be next season, um, and I got a couple of really good responses. So I'm just going to read those out. Uh, Sad Girl, Hours, uh, friend of the show. Um, he seems to take a step forward defensively this year since he was, you know, quote unquote, the veteran of the decor. Uh, and even though being 25 year old veteran makes me feel ill, extremely same, Sardegal hockey. Uh, but I want to see him combine that newer defensive ability with the offense he's proven in the past he can do moving forward. 100% agree. Um, again, I would argue that him hitting career highs in points with 10 less games than his previous career high, I think, says that he's on that right track. Um, but we can talk about that in uh, in the next segment. Um, and then Jeff Trowbridge seven. Uh, hi Jeff said uh, Zach really showcases all around skills, rewarded with a well deserved All Star selection. Just needs to keep getting stronger. Uh, hockey is so physical. Um, so generally speaking, all good things uh, are being said about Warensky. Uh, I haven't really seen anyone say anything negative about his game so far this season. Um the only I guess pseudo-negative would be that he needs to get stronger, and I don't necessarily disagree. Wierenski's not the biggest guy out there, but I also don't think he necessarily needs to be the biggest guy. He's 6'2", 215 pounds. So, like, he's not small by any stretch of the imagination, but I also don't think he's one of those guys that you need to throw the weight around, especially if, you know, they insist on playing Cabranson a significant amount of the season. Um, If David Juracek, honestly, if he makes the team ends up maybe on that top pair with Wierenski. Again, we're going to talk about that in a minute. He has that kind of that mean streak that I don't think Wierenski has that makes him really tough to play against. Um, Not that Wierenski's not tough to play against, but uh, it'll be interesting to see who ends up on that top spot. Um, Like, we've got a bunch of different options, honestly. Um, And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But first... Uh, I've got to tell you about our new partner and that is, uh, the drive sober campaign for the NHTSA, uh, you hang out with some friends, you're putting back a few drinks, few becomes a few too many, the evening comes to an end. People start to head out. You think, you know, I should call a ride, an Uber a cab, a Lyft, but no, you live nearby. You can make it home. It's no big deal. What are the odds that you're going to get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You could lose your license. You could lose your job, you could toll your car, or you could kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk, the results are tragic and often deadly, but that doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence, and that is why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So, if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe, plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life, or someone else's, forever. Drive sober, or get pulled over so let's talk potential partners for Zach because like I mentioned in the last segment he had a bunch of them this season um I don't have the the Taiwan ice stats I should really have looked those up but it's fine um spent some time with Boquist Bean and uh, Andrew Peak this season uh due to various injuries chemistry trying to get things going etc um and i think all three of those guys are options the upcoming season with the addition of potentially david urichek and again this might be my hottest take but i genuinely think that there are two maybe three players in that entire first round of the nhl draft that are nhl ready and i think one of them is urs and i think one of them is david urichek um Signing Gabranson to this four-year, $4 million contract does make it a little bit more complicated uh, in terms of which defensemen are going to play, which ones aren't. Um, But honestly, for my money, Juracek's ready for the NHL. Um, I think he had a really strong season. Um, Really good to see him come back from that knee injury in the first go-round of the World Juniors. Uh, Again, didn't watch any of this most recent World Juniors, but by all accounts, had a pretty good showing there. And uh yeah, I'm excited for development camp in God, like four four weeks, three, three weeks, four weeks. It's it's coming up real fast. So uh that's that's someone I'm gonna be keeping my eye on. I think he's gonna come in and have a monster Travis City tournament and uh, hopefully a really good development camp, training camp, and hopefully he does the soldier thing of uh, makes it really difficult for Brad Larson to get rid of him, uh send him back to Checkier send him to the OHL the AHL wherever um but I could also see Adam Boquist getting some time there because I think Adam Boquist is it's weird it feels a little bit like if you have Adam Boquist on that top pairing he almost becomes the Zach Wierenski and then Zach Wierenski becomes the Seth Jones the two-way guy um and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing I think um Boquist has shown flashes of top-pairing stardom. Honestly, I think he could be really, really good. He's only 21. Missed a lot of time last season, uh, injured. Um, I feel like he's missed significant time due to injury in the past couple of seasons, but I don't necessarily... Like, that doesn't worry me yet. Um, give it a couple more seasons, and if he's still getting injured all the time, then maybe I'll start worrying. But I could see had a Boquist there... Um, I know I got one tweet from uh, the better jet at the better Jenner. um, on just supremacy. Totally agree. Uh, I think he and Bean should continue to play together. I think they could be a really good first pairing. And again, I don't, I don't disagree with that. Um, honestly, of the defensemen that the blue jackets have right now confirmed. So like we, we looked at this um, last week of Wierenski, Gavrikov, Boquist, Bean, Gabranson, and then whoever ends up on that sixth spot, Andrew Peake, Nick Blankenberg, Juracek, whoever. Um, Of those guys, I think Bean is the most likely. Um, I would like to see that. I think he has a lot of things that complement Wierenski's playing style. I think, he, again, he also, I think, had a really good season. We're actually going to talk about him uh in Wednesday's episode because uh the Blue Jackets have no defensemen between the numbers eight and twenty-two, which is very funny. But um so we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about him tomorrow and kind of the season he had. And again, I don't think he had as much of an impact season as he was hoping. Um I think the defense was generally pretty poor last season. I don't think that's a slight on individual players. I think just just team wise uh it was it was not not as good as I wanted it to be or the team wanted it to be I think so uh but for my money I think bean is the best fit there um I think put Boquist on that second line with uh, Gabrikov let Gabrikov be the shutdown defensive guy and let Boquist kind of free to be a rover put him on the power play um just have have fun with it. So yeah, I think that's that's kind of where I'm sitting at the minute. Is I think my choice. I, I don't think Andrew Andrew Peak should be there. Um, you know, and I talked in the episode I did about him last week or the week before maybe about how I like Andrew Peak a lot. I think he's got a good game. I don't think he's a top pairing guy. Um, and that's like that's fine. Not every guy is going to be a top pairing guy. He played a bunch of minutes this season. Was not necessarily a top head guy in a lot of them but by necessity he was the best right defenseman that they had for large stretches of the season because of injuries and whatnot so uh hopefully that's not the case this season um I think he can really succeed in a limited minutes slightly more sheltered role than just getting thrown out there and playing 27 minutes against the Tampa Bay Lightning or whoever so I don't really think he's in the conversation so Boquist or Bean, I will be fine with either. Um, the outside chance that David Yurchek takes that spot. Again, wouldn't be surprised, but not necessarily counting on it. Um, so there's there's lots of options for Wierenski's uh, defensive partner this season. And uh, also there's a lot of things I think that you can look at to say, okay, well, next season we need this or next season we need that. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about in a minute. Yeah. Uh, we are going to take a look at what Zach Wierenski needs to do to take that next step and keep going with his development. Uh, that's coming up next on Locked on Blue Jackets. So let's talk about Wierenski's future. Um, he will be uh, starting the first year of that contract that he signed uh, last offseason the $9.583 million extension that, frankly, is too much for Zach Wierenski. I don't think there's any way of of saying no, that that's not an overpay for Zach Wierenski, but we have talked about this. Sometimes you have to pay your players, to get them to stay and I think that was the first kind of domino to fall in hey players really do want to stick around because I feel like Wierenski extended not long after the Seth Jones trade and then um Jenner extended Bjorkstrand extended obviously Bjorkstrand in Seattle now but that's beside the point um and then this season obviously Johnny Gaudreau walks onto the team um, Patrick Liney signed semi-long term, you know. So I feel like Wierenski's long-term contract was really kind of the the beginning of this core of players either sticking around or realizing, hey, Columbus is a pretty a pretty great place to be. Um, it's not max term; uh, it is six years, I believe. Um, so we'll be done by 2017. 27- 2000- 27, 28, uh, Wierenski will be 31 by the end of this, of, by the end of the contract, which is not super old. Uh, so, you know, maybe, maybe the contract doesn't age super well, but I don't think it's going to age as badly as some of the kind of the sky is falling people are saying. Um, and honestly, I think you look at the way his career has gone so far, his pro career, and also, you know, his, his university of Michigan career, you know, played two seasons there. Um, in his freshman year, he had 25 points in 35 games. Sophomore season, 36 points in 36 games. Walked onto the Lake Erie Monsters at the end of the season, uh, had 14 points in 17 playoff games. Uh, that was that ridiculous Lake Erie Monsters run where they basically, I think they went like 17 and two to, or it would have been 15 and two to take the Calder Cup that season. Just an absolute monster team. Uh, wore the captaincy for the uh, World Juniors. That winter had nine points in seven games and then made his NHL debut uh, in 2016-17 and started off by breaking the point rec- the record for defenseman points or breaking the record for rookie points in a season, I believe, uh, 47 points. And then, you know, from there, his lowest total was uh, the 2021 season where he had 20 points in 35 games, which... It's basically half a season so you know even if you prorate that out he's still over 40 points um 40 48 points this season i'm looking for wrenskey to hit that 50 point mark this season um i think adding guys like Gaudreau for the power play i, I think is going to massively pump up Wierenski's numbers. Um, I'd like to see him score a few more goals. He scored 20 goals a couple of seasons ago. Uh, he had 16 a couple of seasons before that. He had 11 this season, which is not nothing, especially for a defenseman. But I would like to see him hit that 15 to 20 goal mark uh, this season. And yeah, I think he, I think he can do it. I, I am a big believer in Wierenski. Um I was not as much of a Seth Jones hater as many people were, but. Having watched them apart, I'm looking at Zach Wierenski with with a new light, and I think a lot of people are. I think a lot of people just kind of assumed that they were because they were joined at the hip. It's hard to know what you're going to get out of either of them um, when they have when they've played every game together for the past four years, apart from you know handfuls of games here and there. But for Wierenski's first year away from Jones, I think he held himself admirably. I think he was. Still that offensive defenseman that we need, that we like. Still that kind of rover esque guy. Maybe a little bit less so now that he's got to be more defensively responsible. But honestly, from the stats, it looks like his offense didn't suffer by his uh, need to be a little bit more defensively responsible. And I'm hoping he continues to hit that balance going forward. Um, I think think everyone on the team could stand to be a little bit more defensively responsible uh, this upcoming season. And I think they will be. And I don't think it will come at the cost of offense, um, especially not from Zach Wierenski. So uh, I'm giving him an A for the season. Um, I was going to put a Twitter poll out and then forgot, but I don't think anyone would necessarily. I mean, you could argue for a B, but career high in points, number one defenseman. uh, Just a really important part of this team going forward. So, uh, yeah, I'm giving him an A and you can't stop me. And uh, that's kind of all I've got for today. Uh, not going to have an episode tomorrow because it's Tuesday, uh, Wednesday. We will be talking all about Jake Bean, uh, the season he had, uh, what he needs to do to step up. Uh, can he be one of that those top pairing guys that we kind of touched on a little bit in this episode? Uh, so that's going to be Wednesday's episode. Um, I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Jackets. Eventually, I will be able to say my Twitter handle after my name. First time round. Uh, my Twitter handle is underscore Jacob Foster, J A K O B F O R S T E R L O underscore Blue Jackets is the podcast Twitter, but you should follow both of them anyway. So it makes <laughs> it makes no difference really. But uh, that's the socials. You can find me on YouTube, you can find me uh, anywhere you get your podcasts. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, uh, I think we're going to do a mailbag on Friday. So if you have questions for that, uh, you can comment on the YouTube channel. You can at me on Twitter. You can email LockedOnBlueJacket at gmail.com if you want to send them there. Uh, Thank you once again for making this your first listen of the day every day. Lockdown Blue Jackets will continue to be free and available on all podcast platforms over on YouTube. You're never going to have to get behind a paywall for anything that Locked On does. And that is our promise to you. So I hope you enjoyed this show. And uh, until Wednesday, make sure you stay Locked On.